Today on We Hear, from Cardi B to Jared Leto, celebrities are wild for Netflix's Tiger King, and so are we. Page Six has the exclusive on Jill Zarin's completely insane sperm saga, and Emmy Rossum is letting her cat walk near raw food? Coming up next on We Hear. Oh my god. We're on page six? No. Oh, no. Yeah. Another divorce splashed across page six. Page six would have a field day. Hey there, I'm Maggie Coglin. And I'm Ian Warren. Welcome to We Hear, a Page Six podcast. We hear all the celebrity dirt from our exclusive sources, and you hear the story behind the story. And our mental state slowly declining in quarantine <laughs> three times a week, baby. I'm actually psyched, Maggie, because I was late to the game, I have to admit, but I finally got around to watching Tiger King on Netflix. I haven't admittedly finished the whole thing, so, but whatever, don't, you can spoiler anything you want. (laughs) It's our national obsession at this time. If people are staying inside, chances are they're watching Tiger King. It is. And it's weird. I came late to it. So the bar was already so high and my expectations were so high. It's hard to watch something that's already become a huge sensation unless it's The Wire, as which I've said, you, the bar cannot yeah. be too high for The Wire is the only for only piece of entertainment that that applies to. But, you know, it's totally crazy. It really, it made me think of, it's like a Christopher Guest movie that was like rewritten by the Coen brothers. That is an incredible way to put it and very accurate. I have to admit, with some shows that you binge watch, you just go, you're just like right into the next episode or like it pops up that it's coming on and you're like, am I doing this? And I guess, I guess we are (laughs) staying up three in the morning. What the bleep is up? In this case, I have to admit it ended and I just turned it off. Like, I need a break from this world. The characters are so out there and the world is so bizarro and like creepy. I mean, it really is like beyond sort of a Christopher Guest movie. So I need a break from this. I don't know that I could go this deep. And I was sort of like, do I need more of this? Do do I kind of get it? Have I gotten the point? And then cut to this morning after I had had a cup of coffee. And then the first thing I thought of was, oh my God, I need to see the next episode. So it's like, you kind of have to sit with it to go back into yes. that world. Totally. It's funny because I too was late to the game. I watched it over the weekend and I was talking to a friend and he was like, have you watched Tiger King yet? Like, I want to talk about it with you. And I said, I'm saving it. And he said, for what? Now is the time to watch <laughs> all the shows. You have nothing else going on. Like, please just watch it. So I marathoned it all in probably like a 12-hour period where I fell asleep watching Tiger King, woke up the next day, pulled the laptop into bed and was like, Doc Antle, let's go. Joe Exotic, here I am. Just the whole crew. But I see why people are so into it. Like Love Love is Blind, when that came out on Netflix, it felt like everyone was talking about it. But there are so many layers to this. A murder for hire plot, a thruple suicide, big cats, possible drug addiction. And now we're learning about all these other layers. Like, for example, Doc Antle has been kind of standing in the wings of the celebrity world the whole time. There are photos of him that came out as a handler, an animal handler for Britney Spears. That's true, Maggie. Also, you didn't mention... um there are a lot of missing teeth and missing limbs in the show. Just like every other character 
either has like four teeth or I was focusing on what was in the show, not what was missing from the show. <laughs> That's true. But you are right. I mean, one thing about the show, Maggie, and I think why it's because and, and I, I do wonder, like, would this be as big a sensation if we weren't all in this crazy lockdown, you know, uh, with coronavirus? But one thing about the show that's going on that I think people are so into is not just what's happening on the screen, but what's come out sort of intertextually, if I can use a term that I learned in a college film class. <laughs> I knew I'd get to use that again one day outside of the show. So for example, there are a bunch of celebrities who are obsessed with the show and we'll go through all this, but there are celebrities who are obsessed with the show. There's celebrities who have been to these big cat handlers zoos like Shaquille O'Neal and Odell Beckham Jr. Mm -hmm. There are celebrities who are jokingly or maybe not angling for roles already in the inevitable feature film that's going to be made about all of this. So there are all these layers to it. So many layers. Oh, and, and you mentioned the... Wait, well, let's go back to the Britney Spears thing. So yeah. one of the characters in the show is this guy, Doc Antle, um, mm -hmm. who... Who I think Tim Robbins should play. Oh, my God. I just want to call dibs on that. He looks so much like him already. He looks also a little bit like him in the role that Tim Robbins plays in the movie High Fidelity with John Cusack. He is it, a bit of his, a Doc Antle-ish look to it. Unfortunately, that character's name, as I recall, is Ian. Exactly what I was going to say. So off the mark, because you never meet a bad Ian. <laughs> So this guy, Doc Antle, in Tiger King, he sort of shows off that he's been on late night TV shows and he was like a go-to guy who would go on Jay Leno so, and that he was the um, sort of animal wrangler for a bunch of Hollywood movies like Ace Ventura, Pet Detective and a bunch of other films. So he had like one foot in the world of Hollywood, but then right there was footage of him actually on stage with Britney Spears. He's kind of in the wings. In the wings, I don't, there's like a I don't cat know in a that. cage, and he's in the wings as he's, the big cat handler. He's on the stage in a cage holding a tiger. And might I add, if you've been watching the series, I will not have to explain her to you, but the name Carol Baskin should ring a bell. So people also pointed out that a woman who resembles Carol appears to be sitting next to Britney Spears at the 2002 VMAs. Oh my God. These people have been hiding in plain so sight. Deep. It took a thruple marriage and a murder for hire plot for us to become aware of it, but now we know. So weird. I mean, other weirdo stories that have come out of this are that Cardi B, so Cardi B, it turns out, is a big fan of the show. Mm -hmm. She says that she wants to start, and I assume she's joking, although a lot of the coverage sort of maybe made it seem like she's serious, but I don't know that she wants to start a GoFundMe page to free Joe Exotic. So TMZ reported that Cardi's attempt at a GoFundMe for Joe Exotic was shut down. And she has come back and said like, oh, I was just joking. I do love him though. And he definitely needed better representation. So GoFundMe said money cannot be raised on its platform to fund the defense of inmates convicted of violent crimes. So because he was convicted of a murder for hire, situation they wouldn't allow it but cardi was just joking although she did make note he needed a better lawyer after kim kardashian cardi b just the latest celebrity to get involved with um freeing inmates 
Um, then you different had, kinds of inmates, <laughs> right? Th- then you've also had a bunch of celebrities, including Dax Shepard, Jared Leto, and uh, who else have come out saying that they want to play. Oh, Edward Norton. Oh, have all come out saying they want to play Joe Exotic in the inevitable feature film of Tiger King. Dax Shepard had reposted an image that a fan had made of mm-hmm. his face photoshopped onto Joe Exotic, like in this one of his ridiculous, crazy costumes with his arm around a gigantic tiger. And then Edward Norton chimed in and basically said that Dax Shepard is too young to play the role. But mm. Jared Leto took it a step further where rather than use Photoshop, of course, who else but Jared Leto would have these garments in his own closet anyway (laughs) you know so jared leto he's got like the crazy straw like cowboy hat he's got the amazing technicolor blouse and then he also bizarrely has a stuffed lion and then was wearing like sort of red adidas sweatpants and he dressed up as joe exotic and also the facial hair is kind of similar and showing his acting chops well Today, me, your very own co-host, was told by Mark Graham, who's the head of Decider.com, our great website all about streaming, that for Halloween, I should go as Amanda Green, who is the federal prosecutor who was involved in the case. And I was like, oh, Amanda Green, I've been thinking about this, looked her up. I was like, if I cut this hair, just wear a black blazer, Halloween, done. If they even let us have Halloween this year, I'm ready. You've actually, in terms of trend forecasting, that's so true. The obvious go-to Halloween costumes are going to be Joe Exotic will be like the ultimate Halloween costume and maybe Doc Antle. But the thing is, it's so popular, like in my imagination, it's already so popular that it's over. Mm, Like it's almost too much. Like you can't like, you know what I mean? Like literally like if you go to a Halloween party, if there is a Halloween party, it might be a lot of Halloween parties, just people alone dressed as Zoom Halloween parties are going to be littered with Joe Exotics. So last week we learned that Jill Zarin and her ex-husband Stephen Shapiro used a sperm donor to conceive their 27-year-old daughter Allie Shapiro. And now we have some very juicy, exclusive details on the whole thing. Yeah, Maggie, it's it's almost disturbing that it's so juicy. Um, (laughs) Perhaps a poor choice of words on my part. In a sperm donor story? Uh, Really? Help me, Ian. I'm in quarantine here. Um, So yeah, Jill Zarin, who is, of course, the former Real Housewife of New York, revealed that she had conceived her daughter with the help of a an anonymous sperm donor from a New York sperm bank 27 years ago. But um, our own Ollie Coleman has reported that there is more to the story. And it turns out that Jill's daughter, Allie, actually had been in touch with a number of people who also had the same sperm donor as their father, or so she thought. It turns out that there's more to the story. A few years ago, Jill Zarin posted on a a website that helps children of sperm donors find their potential siblings or half-siblings, right? Other people who whose father would be the same sperm donor. And after Jill had posted on this site, apparently a woman came forward and said, hey, I have the same dad. He's 
number 436 at XYZ Sperm Bank. And Allie told Ollie Coleman that she actually got in touch with this woman and the woman had, and it turned out that the woman that Allie discovered four half siblings that she had. And she was like in touch with these people and they were bonding as if they were family. So basically she had found her long lost family. And at one point, one of the brothers, one of the half brothers, when 23andMe came along, he decided to do 23andMe and sort of find his actual father. So beyond it being an anonymous sperm donor, he would he would find his dad. And um, Allie said she had kind of mixed feelings about doing the same thing, but then she went ahead and did it as well. Well, it turns out, Maggie, that they had two different dads. Allie Shapiro... Jill Zarin's daughter wasn't related to these people at all. And she had been under the impression that they were half siblings and she had found her long lost family. But these people that she was bonding with were total strangers. It sounds like poor Ali Shapiro has had a lot of trauma in the fatherhood department as of late. As you might remember, Bobby Zarin, Jill's longtime husband, who is not Ali's father, passed away. Not too long ago, he was like a father figure to Allie. Now she's dealing with half-siblings, heartache, talking about this in a public forum. This is a lot for a young person. Yeah, well, she actually told Ollie that um, one thing that minimized kind of the pain of this, you know, discovery that these people weren't related to her was that... Um, she always had a gut feeling about it that like there was something a little off about it. She didn't feel totally comfortable. And she actually says, looking back on it, I'm glad, you know, she says that she got in touch with them to say like, hey, what's up? And they exchanged holiday cards and like it was very, you know, nice. But there was something that always kept her from getting more involved with them. And she actually looks back on it now and thinks like, oh, I'm actually glad I didn't get more involved because it would have been even more painful, you know, if we had bonded even further and our relationship was deeper. And then it turned out that, you know, we weren't related. Yeah, actually, as we're recording this, Allie just posted an update about it on Instagram. And she basically said that she shared her story as a bit of a distraction from what was going on in the world. And she said that she was so thankful to 23andMe and donor sibling registration for helping connect her with her siblings and enable her to learn more about herself. Of course, my mom and dad are my parents, but I am so thankful for these resources and platforms that let me on this path. None of this takes away from the love I have for my parents, and I am grateful for what must have been impossible decisions to make when the world was a very different place. It's funny, Maggie, this story kind of rang a bell. I was like, this sounds really familiar. And I think that it's actually... Not a totally uncommon thing. I do recall that there have been people or I've read about stories where this has happened with people where they thought they had found their family. It turned out that it wasn't it wasn't their family. But in certain cases, they've like, you know, remained like bonded to these people anyway. So it's great that she has this perspective on it. And it is true that now we have so many more, Maggie, I'm getting really deep here, but now we have so many more scientific, you know, resources and sort of things worth mapping the human genome, dropping the word genome up in here. I put it intertextuality and genome. You're truly doing your best work while in quarantine. As we step closer and closer to our new reality, something we have realized is that celebrities are now tasked with cooking for themselves. 
Something I never wanted to see. Yet, everywhere I turn on Instagram, I see people like Emmy Rossum making an unseasoned chicken with her cat basically on the baking sheet. Well, Maggie, I think, first of all, we're stepping closer to our new reality. Is there something you know that I don't? Our new reality is that celebrities are home without their staff, I'm assuming. Oh, so they have to true. cook their own food. Well, the thing is, there it, there has been a trend, obviously, of certain celebrities, you know, doing home cooking stuff right on Instagram, like Jennifer Garner and others have their own sort of home cooking stuff that they do. But obviously, those are people who have an interest in cooking or they're good at it. I think what we're seeing now, as you say, is celebrities who have no business cooking or like, and I, I don't either, you know, I, so I, right. I can't blame them. You're never um, going to see a video of me being like, guys, this is how I make water. Put ice in the glass, <laughs> turn on the faucet. Just like, why? I guess Emmy Rossum got backlash for making a chicken, right? So what happened, Maggie? So she posted this photo where she's making what appears to be a roast chicken. Which is, by the way, I know from my mom who has told me this many times, a roast chicken is like, you don't really need to know how to cook to make a roast chicken. If you just follow a pretty simple recipe, you're going to end up with a very delicious meal that could impress another person. It's really not complicated. My fail safe is a roast chicken. She's 100% right. Exactly. Okay. So Emmy Ross. Throw it in a cast iron pan, hit it with some olive oil. Hit it with some flaky sea salt, some pepper, put a lot of garlic cloves around it, slice up a lemon, put the lemon inside the chicken all around, and you have a nice little caramelized situation going on. The issue here is that her cat is very, very close to the raw bird itself, and people went nuts in the comments like, pet hair, dander, mites, these things could all be finding their way into your chicken. Right. So there's a picture of a raw chicken in a kind of roasting pan. And it's not a roasting pan. This is a baking sheet. On a baking sheet. (laughs) And on the kitchen counter, right next to the raw chicken, a cat is standing on the kitchen counter. And this like just grossed everybody out, right? Because that that that's that cat's gonna lick the chicken. It's gonna (laughs) it might even like nuzzle the chicken. You know cats like they get their Yeah. This is why I don't have a cat. cat. The cat's going to be eating your food. There's going to be cat hair on the chicken. I mean, it is kind of gross. Other people pointed out that the chicken is unseasoned and they were worried about that. Right. Well, that's some next level chicken shade is that people were not just saying that you shouldn't have a live animal next to prepared food, next to raw food or any food, but that... (laughs) They're dissing the chicken because the chicken looks very like naked. Naked. It looks pale. You even said something about her giblets or her giblets or. <laughs> not her. They're not Emmys. They belong <laughs> to the chicken. Let me just clarify. So, so the up? giblets have been removed from the inside of the chicken and placed in the front of the pan. I don't know if that was something she was making for later. I don't want to shame anyone's giblet work. But for me, usually I dispose of said innards for oh, making the bird. I thought you were saying you you want the giblets in the back. I want the giblets in the trash. (laughs) Oh. You know who wouldn't have a problem with this chicken recipe, though? Joe Exotic. Why? Well, he probably has cats next to his food all the time, right? As you progress in your viewing of Tiger King, you will see that these tigers 
uh, and other animals were eating maybe expired Walmart meat. So I don't know that we can trust Joe Exotics. Uh, I don't know. Man, you expired sort of meat. Walmart meat. That's not, I'm going to be are, a vegan by the time this whole thing is over. Let me tell you. Those are words I never thought I'd hear together. You know, Hollywood agencies have been laying off agents left and right. And I don't know, maybe, you know, if I were a celebrity, I probably would put my personal publicist because you figure you're not working on any projects. Maybe you put your personal publicist on hiatus. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're just like they, as you said, like they don't have their staffs, but it's like they don't have their handlers. Maybe they're bored. So they're posting things that they wouldn't usually post. And now you're in your house with your goddamn cat and your raw chicken and you don't have your flaky sea salt and you're like, what the hell is going on? Celebrities on social media right now to me have become like if a tree falls in a forest and there's no one around, does it make a sound? If a celebrity posts something so ridiculous and it gets no likes, will they continue to be a celebrity? Good point. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that is it for this episode of We Here. Our show is produced by Jamila Zara-Williams and Melissa Caceres. We'd love to hear your ideas and your questions about the show. Is there a celebrity you're dying for us to dish on? If so, email your hot takes to us at podcasts at nypost.com. To hear the latest We Here episodes, be sure to hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. And do not forget to leave us a review. We will be back tomorrow with more Page Six exclusives. See you then. Meow.